Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Super welcome. We got two great shows for all of you today. I want to thank everybody for tuning us in and turning us on. All of you over there on Facebook and right here on the network, of course. And our absolutely 16-year loyal listeners from Western Washington along here with my bud, Benny, and my buds, Benny and Zach, <laughs> both of you today. Um, Benny, we're waiting for our guests. Great show. We are. They're on their way. They're on their way. Conscious Luck with, uh, yep, very special guest, Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein. Dr. Dr. Hendricks served more than 40 years, major contributors to feel of relationship transformation, body-mind therapies. Yep, New York best-selling author, Conscious Loving, The Big Leap. That's him. Carol, number one New York Times best-selling author, co-author of Happy for No Reason, Carol Klein. Love for No Reason and Five Books, Chicken Soup for the Soul and Soul Series. Okay, so here we are, and we are on the verge of having a conversation with both of them. Both of them, both, both of them, Benny. We're getting ready to talk to them because we are gonna talk about conscious luck. Now, what do I mean by conscious luck? And what have they written about in conscious luck and what are the eight secrets to it because i remember i remember growing up uh benny zach i remember growing up and i remember being called almost all of my life benny almost all of it even to this day you you pat you 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 you, you are the luckiest person on the planet. You were so lucky. I was so lucky I was dating somebody back when I was like a teener, 17 years old, and I was dating somebody and I was so lucky he dragged me to the horse races. And I would go to the horse races and here we are and the, like everybody be like, you got to pick the horses for us. You got to pick the horses for us. And I got to tell you, I don't know a lot about horse racing at all, but I would pick the horses, right? And this went on for like a year. And I finally realized I don't get it. I don't know what it is. I mean, first of all, I didn't like the whole betting on the horse race thing. I love horses. So I didn't like that. But my entire life was like that. You know, even when I tell the story about being kicked out and being homeless at 17, when I talk about the series of events that kept me, Benny, from falling into the oblivion of poverty and ending up with the wrong people doing the wrong things. And I think about this one instance in that story of here I am, and, and it's really true. I came home one day and all of my stuff was like out on the lawn. It was like, okay, you don't live here anymore. And I'll never forget that. And I understood why that was happening to me later on in life. And I since reconciled with my stepmom about it. Because I'm not saying that this is like 100% true, Benny. I'm not saying like, I don't know. Do you think I was like a crazy child like when I was a teen? I, no, I don't think so, no. Well, we all like had a those phases. No, we all had those phases. I went through phases, but I was a little bit out there. My sisters were really out there. That They were like crazy town on steroids. But I was a little bit out there. I mean, I did some things because girls just want to have fun. 
And I knew that before that song came out. But I was still in search for the identity of who I was too. I wasn't quite sure who I was personally. You know, I wasn't quite sure of my life, my makeup, what I felt inside. It was really a journey for me. But the, the, the just dropping the you are lucky on me, I kind of liked it. I, I mean, I, I, I not only kind of liked it, I grew to like it. So here we are. We've got this fabulous book. And I think we're we right now we're hoping to get lucky and find Gate, Dr. Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein who are joining us here today. Hoping we're gonna get lucky here for that. Um, but here's the book, right? And I don't know if that shows up, Zach, upside down. Every time I do that, do I give an upside down image? Um, eight secrets to intentionally changing your fortune. Now and, and later on, uh, in the 11 o'clock, we're going to talk with Megan, Megan um, Edge on the edge of superna living supernaturally. So you see how these tie together? So here's what I want to say about luck or my version of luck or what I've come to know about luck. My scenario, my case, I absolutely see it as conscious luck. Many of us believe that luck mysterious force that runs like somehow goes beyond our control like picking the horses or whatever that was that I was doing but what if we could make our own luck so whenever I tell people about my life story right and and I, I do a lot of speaking not so much now like I'm speaking in place but we are going to do some uh, online speaking things for everybody but when I start to tell my story, especially the one, Benny, that you've heard millions of times, well, thing one, I dialed the wrong phone number to get this, this show. I did. I dialed the wrong phone number. And I dialed in in 2003 to an internet station. And this is what, this is what Gay Hendricks and Carol Klein are talking about. So I'm the one that dials in to the wrong phone number. But see what they're saying is, but what if you can make your own luck? What if you can make your luck? What does that look like? Making your own luck. Does it have a pinch of oregano in it and like a couple of onions? Or what is making your own luck look like? Here's what I think. When I think about numerous examples. I'm telling you, I have so many of these in my life. So grateful. I feel so blessed for some of them. Some of them kept me alive, just saying, kept me alive. Some of them kept me from horrific, almost accidents and losing people I love. But here's the thing. I dial that wrong phone number, but what did I not do? And this is what I think they're saying. What if you can make your own luck? What if you could do that? Right? That's what we're going to talk about today. But now, can you guys imagine that here I am? I am depressed. I just finished my graduate program. I am so like bleeping. You got to be kidding me. I go to school for 10 years. I'm studying consequences of broken promises. I'm supposed to be a consultant and I'm depressed and I dial a wrong phone number in 2003. See, I think this is what they're talking about in this book here, right? I, I'm going to guess they're joining me here in a minute. But what did I do? So people would say, ah, you're so lucky you dial that wrong phone number. Wow, you're like super lucky, Pat, you dialed that number. But what did I do? I'm from New York. What are the odds that if somebody like me, depressed, dials the wrong phone number, accidentally gets into an internet-only station in 2003, never has heard of internet or internet radio or anything to do with radio or any of that, what are the odds that I don't hang up? What are the odds that for a nanosecond, something says... Just talk to these people. Just tell the people that answered the phone, the reception people, that you're looking for a man named Tracy. Just talk to them. Just tell them, somehow you know you got to talk to somebody here. And within 30 seconds, they transfer you to a woman named Tacy. 
And 10 minutes from there, I have pulled out a credit card. I have charged $10,000 on a credit card in 2003 on an internet only station when everybody is still using flip phones. Why? I'm not gonna answer that, but Kara Klein is here with us today. And I'm hoping we're finding Kate. Carol, it's great to have you on the show. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm great. I'm listening to you. You're you're my kind of person. I'm from New York too. But you know, I was taught I was I read your book and I was telling everybody about it, and I've introduced you both already. And one of the things I talked about. And, and, and I want to really pick up where this left off, um, was I said to everybody, I have been called the luckiest person on the planet almost all of my life, and I have had a rough life. So I'm not sure how they put those two things together. Because I'll tell you, this Go is ahead. an interesting thing. Well, I'll tell you what I think, and then yeah. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. You know, when I was growing up, I had good things happen to me and bad things happen to me. And some really bad things happen that you would, everyone would agree, bad but lucky people bounce back they they you know in positive psychology the people who are unlucky take defeat and fall and don't get back up so i mean it's the whole thing about lucky breaks turning into lucky streaks you can have a lucky break but look how different actresses handle their break into stardom we've got our you know uh what's her name i'm thinking of a good one well we've got our Lindsay lohans and we've got everybody else right so there's a way that you handle life. And part of luck is there's a small random component. And that thing you were just talking about, what are the odds you call somebody that would turn into this? I guarantee you that your luck is the combined result mostly of your attitudes, your actions, and your associations. Yes, you're going to get a lucky break here and there, but lucky breaks do not guarantee a lucky life. It's what you do with it. So that's why people call you lucky because you take what happens to you and you turn it into luck. Yeah, it's really fascinating because you're absolutely right about this. First of all, I love this book because first it answers a lot of questions for me and it gives me a framework how to answer the questions to other people. So when I share my story, I talk about it or I'm interviewed, you know, and people always ask me the question, look, were you born with like a silver spoon? What are some of the challenges you have? And anytime I'm answered that question, I immediately take about 16 seconds and I say the following. I say, well, I was born in this world to a mom who was an addict and alcoholic. She killed herself when I was six and I was in a Catholic boarding school. At 17, my stepmom threw me out, uh, came home one day and I was stuff was on the lawn. And at 19, I was accused of doing something I didn't do and almost ended up in jail for the rest of my life. Yikes. Now, that's one, <laughs> that's one person. Oh, so but why didn't I, but you answered the question about why with that story, am I not dead by now? Right. Or really, and you know, part of this is what you're bringing to the light for people. So luck sounds like this thing, Carol, where, I have no control over it, you know, but I'm not going to do it today because I really want to talk about the book. But Benny has heard me talk about how 17 years old, and believe me, beg for money at the Port Authority, learn oh so much about begging for money. I learned that you must wear different baseball caps for different fans of baseball. So you cannot have a Yankees hat on because people see your Yankees hat, right? So I learned some things about sitting at the Port Authority and doing this. And I learned some things about myself. But the thing that literally got me off the street wasn't that, wasn't selling hot dogs from a hot dog cart. It was I was at my bitter end. And I was across the street in Greenbrook, New Jersey, across from Route 22. And like a scene from Psycho, the hotel across the street, lights were flashing. And I somehow knew to get over there. And I walked in and I said to the guy, you got to give me a room. 
I don't have any money. I am. I, I'm pretty much going to get a job for the phone company. I know I'm going to get it. But if you don't give me a room, I'm going to do something really bad. And he turned around, Carol. And I started to walk out. And he says, where are you going? He had turned around to get a key. And I'm sharing that story with you because I, in reading your book, there's luck and then there's what we do. How do you blend both of those together to make conscious luck? That's a beautiful story. I want to hear the rest of that. So you've really got us on a cliffhanger. <laughs> You're a great storyteller. You stop right when everybody wants to go, what happens next? Well, I'll tell you what happened next. And this is the short version. I did know I was going to get that job at the phone company. And, and you've got to explain this in terms of your book. This is why when I read your book, I said, oh, gosh, this explains everything. The dude gives me it. I said to him, I will pay you back. I am sure you're, I'm going to get this job with the phone company. I, I applied before I got kicked out, by the way. And he said, well, how do you know that? I said, I just know. He said, two weeks, that's all I need. I said, I'm also going to get a job at the shop, right? And be, I hadn't applied to any of those, but I said, I, I'm going to do it. Gave me the room. So I was off the streets in Greenbrook Motel in Route 22. Here's the kicker. I call Bell Labs and I said to them, I'm checking on my application for the mailroom job. And I said, I'm staying at this hotel. Doris Stoner. See, you can't make this stuff up. You cannot <laughs> make this. Doris, Doris Stoner calls me and says, come in for the interview. And I show up and I am not dressed like a Bell Labs professional. I'm telling you. And, and I interview and she's asking me a bunch of questions. She looked at me, Carol, and she said, I don't know what it is about you. I shouldn't hire you. You were out 48 days in your senior year. Everything in Bell Labs says not to hire you, but I'm going to hire you. So now, Great. here's the book. Great segue. Okay, so the thing that is really important that people understand is that luck, the definition of luck in the dictionary is misleading. It yeah. says, you know, uh, uh, basically success without apparently without by your own efforts and that has sort of really really stuck it to us for too many years because really luck it, I love this quote this was the this was the uh, meta shift whoops sorry this was the meta shift that happened for me when I started looking at luck what if you could control your own luck what if there what if that apparently was a mistake and there was a quote by a woman, um, Dr. Tina Selig, and she is a professor at Stanford. And this quote was the meta shift that got me to understand what this was. And then with Gay's work together, the yeah. quote is, people think of luck as a lightning strike, isolated and dramatic, when in fact, it's a wind that's always blowing. And it's you that can catch the winds of luck by creating a sale out of your tiny behaviors, and I would add your actions, your associations, and your attitudes. So what if luck is everywhere, and all we have to do is learn how to harness it? Uh, about 100 years earlier, there's a beautiful quote by an Indian poet named Rabindranath Tagore, and he said, the winds of grace are always blowing, and it's you that must raise your sail. And with that image, that paradigm shift, I got, Okay, so what, how do we, we give you eight points in this book, eight things to do to raise your sale. Do one of them, you'll be luckier. Do all eight of them, I guarantee you'll be luckier. Anywhere, and we actually have, um, you know, our website, ConsciousLuck.com, we developed a Conscious Luck self-evaluation tool and focus guide. You can get it free, just go there, just click on a link and they'll send it to you because it's really important to know where you're sort of falling down in these four, in these eight secrets. There are four foundational shifts that you make, core shifts about what you believe about luck, your ability to be lucky, things that block you, your mental conditioning about luck. And you are lucky, uh, and Patty, in more ways than one, because Dr. Pat, this woman looked at you and there was no way she was going to hire you if she went by guidelines. 
but there was something about you that you, you had the gumption, you had the moxie to go to that, even though you knew you'd skipped 48 days of school or had been out. That was the thing. My luck started in very much the same way. And of course, we didn't understand it was conscious luck at that time, but we were consciously, intentionally, we had something happening. You went to that interview. I asked somebody, the difference between me being an editor on a book and a co-author on a book wow. changed my entire life. And wow. I was scared to ask. I needed the job. I, someone offered me an editor job. It was $35 an hour in 1990-something. And I needed that money. And I stood my ground and I asked to be a co-author on the Chicken Soup for the Soul books. And he said no. And I thought, okay, should I back down and just take that editor job? And this was the moment, my 20 seconds of insane courage. I said, should I send these stories back to you then? Because he had sent me stories. And he said, wait. <laughs> I was willing to walk away. And that made the difference in my life. That was the road less traveled for me. And it has made all the difference. But that is really what I love about it. And, you know, so for me, it when I look at the first step, uh, the first secret, let's call it in the book, I was so thrilled to have this be commit to be a VLP, very lucky person. And the reason I love that is because there are times in my life and and the flip side of what I just shared and what you just shared as well, where there is a moment, I, uh, what does Jean call it? A couple of people call it, Jean Houston, I think calls it tipping point or something, but there's a moment, you know, I call it my street smart consciousness moment. There is the moment where you are either going to take that next step and believe something, forget about even doing it, I don't, I'm not even talking about like doing it, but you're going to believe you can, even if it's for a nanosecond and off you go. But if we are not here and you could have used a different choice of words here, you use commit. Yep. And I want to talk to you about that because this is really the game changer between I think I'm lucky. I think I'm lucky. It's like, I think I can. I think I can. You know, what <laughs> And you actually do. You come up against something and you have to recommit right in that moment. But this is, this is where you get to evaluate where you are now and how you feel and what you believe, right? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, so the story of this book, I just want to go back to that quickly, is that Gay wrote this book, Gay Hendricks, who is one of the most original thinkers I have ever met in my entire life. He's yeah. a joy, amazing, he's a, he's a national treasure, or a world yeah. treasure, he's fantastic. It's, um, and Gay and I wrote a book together in 2005 called You've Got to Read This Book. 55 people tell the story of the book that changed their life. And it was a wonderful book to write. Right. And I love that book. And okay, so um, anyway, I very much, um, I lost my train of thoughts. Gay is trying to get into this call, so. Uh, we'll take a short break. Let's take a short break and we can get him in. All right. I'll you know why? Because why? we're VIPs. VLPs, very lucky people. We're VIPs that believe in VLP. All right. I'm oh my gosh, is this like a little rap song we're going to do when we come back, Ben? <laughs> I'm known to do rap songs. If I start to rap your book, then 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 I know we're having a moment. Benny, Zach, let's go to a short break. We'll be right back. Join the new earth on the Cornelia Stephanie show. Tune in each month as Cornelia takes listeners on an odyssey of higher consciousness to inspire, educate, and empower. Cornelia Stephanie is a spiritual teacher, passionate speaker, published author, and founder of the Empower Network. Cornelia guides people on the path of self-healing, peace, and liberation. For more information, go to CorneliaStephanie.com. Hi, I'm Laura Meeks, and the most common problem that my clients face is all work and no play. This is why I created Fly High Living. I help you develop a balanced life plan and guide you to a place where you love to wake up in the morning. Call 888-666-1570 or go to flyhighliving.com to sign up for the four-week Flight Plan for Life course. 
Are you ready to transform your life and embrace magical experiences? Talking to Tannis with your host, Tannis McRae, is here to help you find your joy in life. Tune in live every first and third Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Let's awaken your experience and create the change necessary to take back your right to choose who you are. For more about Tannis, visit TalkingToTannis.com. Living a richly abundant life sound too good to be true? Listen in to Richly Abundant Women with Julie Steelman on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Embrace a vibrant future of breaking free financially and creating a richly abundant life filled with prosperity and growth. To learn more about Julie Steelman and Richly Abundant Women, visit www.juliesteelman.com. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Erika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, it can be rather elusive to get there, but when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. You could tell I've been doing this show 16 years when, you know, you're not worried about what your listeners think and you're like, oh, like, are we really live now? Yeah, we have the best listeners on the planet. Uh, I'm telling you, I love every, all of our listeners. They are incredible. Um, I already got an email on the story I told about luck. I already got a message on that. Um, <laughs> yay. Gay Hendricks joining us here today. Gay, look, it's so great to have you here. I love this book, and I was telling Carol why. Here's why for me. And then, Carol, I want you to hit it up with Gay. I read this book, and I understood the mechanics of why I've been called the luckiest person and the most, the luckiest and unluckiest person. They call me both. So the story I shared with Carol about being born into the world, an addict, commit suicide at, at six years old, she's gone. 17, I'm homeless and 19, I'm almost arrested for the rest of my life. That's one version of the story, but that's not the happy ending. So Carol, you were telling a story about writing the book with Gay. So let's talk about that. Cause yeah, I think there's a little VLP in here. <laughs> yeah. So this book has a very happy backstory. A uh, very lucky backstory. Gay and I wrote a book in 2005 together with Jack Canfield. We really enjoyed each other. We live in the same small town in Southern California. 
And in 2011 or 12, Gay and I, had, you know, we see each other throughout the years. And he sends me a manuscript called Conscious Luck. And it's in a very different form than what you are holding in your hands, Dr. Pat. Yeah. And it is got some cool stuff in it. And it needs work. So I said, I said to him, yeah, this is great, but it needs some work. And Gay at that time had just started working on uh, writing detective fiction, mystery fiction. And he was really excited about it. Really, He said, you know what? I'm just going to put conscious luck on the back burner. I am really having a great time writing this book. So he did. And I tell you that book, that conscious luck haunted me. I would think about it and go, gosh, I want to know more about it. And I think the world should know about this. So about five years later, we met in the grocery store. And every time I'd see him, I'd say, what are you going to do with conscious stuff? And he'd say, nothing. I think he was really getting tired of me asking. <laughs> and in 2017, we ran to the grocery store. And I asked my inevitable question, Gay, what are you going to do with conscious luck? And he said, Carol, nothing. <laughs> and I went home. And I was chopping vegetables. I remember this. And I thought, I should call him. I should just tell him. I'll help him finish it. And so I did. I, I sent him an email. I, I was too chicken. I sent him an email and I said, Gay, how would you feel about us doing this book together? And he said, that's terrific. And then I had to do it. <laughs> but what can I ask you, Carol? Yeah. And I'd love to hear both of you talk about this. What was it about what you read that got you fired up? Because okay. we're fired up about this book, right? And Gay is like another day in the life of Dr. Gay Hendricks, right? Exactly. <laughs> For those of us who do not inhabit gay's world which is the keen edge between how do you say it gay <laughs> absolute marvelousness and total brilliance he's an amazing person those of us who don't always live in that world or haven't always lived in that world there is something really powerful about the about, about the gay about the way gay introduced this concept of conscious luck especially the fact that you had the power to commit to it because you've committed to your life unconsciously the way it is now. What about making conscious commitments? What about being conscious about the, the mental conditioning that's running you right now and choose consciously? I think Gay's brand is conscious and there's a reason for that. So yeah. I'm going to turn it over to Gay. But Let's those, turn it those... over to you, Gay, yeah. because I got to tell you, you know, I grew up with a dad and a stepmom that were very different. My stepmom believed in the ultimate of possibilities, but she's actually the one that kicked me out at 17. My dad would say, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. So <laughs> I'm a little bit, you know, not so much my dad and a whole lot of my mom. But for you, I'm curious about what was it from Carol's perspective that got you fired up to finish the book? Well, first of all, from working with Carol 10 years ago on this other book with Jack Canfield, I had found out a lot about her and I had just come to think of her as a freelance angel who moved around in the world doing good things. I didn't know that she's also the pushiest angel on earth because she kept <laughs> just coming at me with this thing. And, uh, but I, I'm really glad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I need those kind of people around me. Otherwise, I would exist in my own little bliss bubble here. Uh, my wife is exactly like Carol, too, by the way. So I even married one of those uh, pushy <laughs> angels. And uh, so Carol um, and I both agreed on one big thing, which is that underneath every all the stories that human beings tell themselves about whether they're lucky or not, there is this vast ocean of pure consciousness that doesn't have any programming on it. And if we can make our homes there, we can reinvent ourselves all the time to fit wherever we want to go in life. And so actually the first idea of conscious luck came into my 14 year old brain when I was uh, in the ninth grade and I uh, went to the movies with this kid, uh, Danny, and there was 250 people. They put our names in a goldfish bowl, our tickets, and they were going to have a drawing. And Danny leaned over to me and says, watch this, I'm going to win. And they were giving three prizes and he ended up winning the first prize, which was a wristwatch, which was pretty cool in 1959. And so, uh, I mean, that was the latest technology in 1959. No, no and, kidding. Right. Yeah. So um, I asked him afterwards, how did you do that? He came back with his little wristwatch and, uh, and he said he had just made up his mind one day. He had seen that some people in his family thought of themselves as lucky and some didn't. 
and he decided he was going to take after the lucky ones. And so um, I thought, wow, could it be that easy? And so I just tried it on. Okay, I'm going to think of myself from here on out as a very lucky person and a VLP. And suddenly good things started to happen to me so much that it was really unbelievable. Just I, I, I refer people to the book because it's kind of a long story, but I had a lucky event happen right after that and it made kind of a true believer out of me. You know, that's the key that I want to talk to you both about is there are situations that happen in life, right? And I was telling Carol that I have been called both the luckiest person in the world and the unluckiest person, not by my own definition. I personally believe that I am a luck magnet. I really believe that my life and the way I look back at it and I look at the series of events, I mean, even my acceptance into a master's program at Columbia and then a doctorate, I am the least likely person on paper to ever get accepted into either one of those schools. But I never thought about that. And it took me to lose my job to get into the Columbia thing. And it took, in order for me to get into Claremont, it took the fact that the dean retired and a woman took his place for one year who was like us, working people, right? Worked our way up. She was a single mom. And for one year in the history of Claremont, she hired six of us that weren't fresh out of undergraduate programs. The only time in the history of Claremont. And when I think about stories like that, and by the way, I had to wait on a waiting list. Um, I wonder how we can talk to the people today so that as you say in the book, uh, Carol and Gay, as you say in the book, we can change our luck stories. See, I think that right there, that's the luck game changer when we can truly understand that. And let's talk about how we do that. Have you both had to change your luck stories? Well, yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of people don't know this now, but 50 years ago, I had grown up with a real childhood obesity problem. Something was wrong with my thyroid and pituitary and all that. And I never really got it fully handled until I ended up at age 24, having a kind of an enlightenment experience and deciding to take it on for myself. Since medicine had never been able to heal it, I was going to do it myself. And so I made a shift inside me. And it's that shift I was kind of mentioning a little while ago, where I discovered that I had this whole aspect of me that I'd never even tuned in before this, what I came to call pure consciousness, which is the ground of everything. And once you're centered in there, you can reinvent things. And so it's the same creative stuff that runs the rest of the universe. And so I happened to discover this by accident when I was 24, but I used it. And within the next year, I'd lost more than a hundred pounds to where I am. I'm 180 pounds. I'm a six footer now. So um, I look more like a athlete than like a pear, which I did when I was 24. And I also smoked two or three packs of Marlboros a day at that time. And, you know, I had a whole life going, was in a terrible relationship, didn't like my job, wasn't crazy about my car. Everything was off track in my life. And so that one moment got me on the right. And I've kind of followed that ever since then. And um, it really, uh, it locked in this idea that the, the luck uh, like we say in the book, is, is like a wind. You need to kind of get your sails open to it and learn how to read the currents. You, you know, one of the things that I am struck by is, and can I ask you both this question? Somebody asks me or people ask me from time to time, they ask me the question, how did you learn it? That thing. Like, okay, so now I'm like, read this book that's <laughs> exactly. gonna be my, that's good because i never give people an answer that's good enough for them you know whatever i no matter what i say about any story i share any situation like the claremont story right right um, well it's hard to tell somebody else what to do in that situation because it was so particular to your life 
And so sometimes it's hard, you know, people say, oh, you're born lucky. You know, you don't have my situation. And you can tell them, well, bang, bing, bing, bing. I had all these terrible things happen. But what's wonderful about our book is that anyone from anywhere in any situation can take these steps. And the first four are internal. They are about changing your mindset. And then the last four are daily practices that create neural pathways, you know, things that change and that actually have ripples out into the conscious and out into the, you know, the relative world that we live in. And what for me, I'm, um, I'm a very sort of have my feet in both worlds. I'm very into spirituality and I'm also very practical. So I love that we've created a book that covers this conscious change because Gay has a beautiful quote that I often quote. He says, all conscious, all conscious change begins with willingness. And so the very, isn't that beautiful? Yeah. In the book, I, what I read was, I can't remember exactly where, but there's a subchapter that says, say yes. Right. Yes. Right. in the book. <laughs> it's like my yep. favorite word. Say yes. Yeah. Yeah. And say it's yes. really, really easy. That's what we want to get to start because wherever you're listening to this or watching this now, just kind of try it on as an experiment, just like you'd try on a new blouse or a yeah. shirt at the store. Just try on, I'm willing to be luckier every day of my life than I was the day before. Something simple like that. Just kind of mm, bring that down into your body and try it on. I, I have an observation. I'd like you both to comment on this. So had you had written this book, any other time other than when you decided to together. Like gay, like if you just said, I'm gonna write it like, I don't know, 10 years ago. But it's right, it's written and it's published today. Yes. In the middle of a global crisis. Yeah, that's that's to me, destiny occurring right around us because Ooh. it's the, per you know, just think of it as a graduation gift right now there's a whole generation that's coming out and they're not going to have a chance to stand there in their caps and gowns well a lot of people are giving conscious luck as the perfect graduation gift for a very uncertain time yeah uh, i think i talked to educators one sec i'm sorry but go the, ahead, educators go, I've, the educators i've talked to have said you know the big thing in education now is or has been is moving the locus of control from external to internal in a global pandemic with you know uncertain job market homeschooled children you couldn't get more uncertain and you couldn't have the if you let the locus of control which means sort of the ability to act and make decisions come from outside of you you're going to be lost so our book is actually a textbook a primer in how to move the locus of control to inside you creating your own luck even in the midst of all of this is possible because luck is an, is an inside job. Luck can happen. Much more of it is internally based. Your actions, your attitudes, and your associations. So I really hope that um, you know, more people will buy it as a, as a gift for graduates right now. Because so they need it. So how do they get a copy of the book? And let's give them the website. Because I, I realize you know, we have a short time left. And I was, I was stunned by one chapter in the book, but how do they get the book and how can they take the self-analysis, Carol? You wanna tell them again? Sure, the best way to get it, cause there's cool bonuses there is to go to consciousluck.com and then buy the book there through Amazon, Books A Million and all the usual places. Uh, but if you do that and enter your name there, you can get these meditations that we've recorded that Carol and I actually did specially for that. And there's also a, super cool bonus going to be uh, coming out about um, a new getting a big discount on a new course that we're doing. So there's all sorts of great stuff to get there. I got to tell you, everybody on my team is going to get a copy of the book. All right. Here's my probably going to be the last question I get to ask you, but it's a twofer. There was a part of the book that I was surprised to find in here, but pleasantly surprised. And then when I got to the fifth secret, I understood why you put it in here. And so I wanna talk about the fact that you included beautiful content on shame in the book. That yes. to me, that has always been a game changer for me. And the reason I would like you both to talk about it is because I don't know how myself or others 
could possibly get to the take bold action consistently without addressing that? Well, thank you. I really appreciate you bringing it up because it's something that you don't see very many other places. I've never seen anybody no. discuss this before. Well, if I may tell a quick story where it Please. actually started was I was standing in my mother's house down in Florida where my brother and I had met up. He lives in Maryland and I'm Californian. So we'd come and met up there to help clean out her house and after she passed away in 1990. And so I, I was taking a picture out of a frame and out of the frame fell an envelope with a letter in it and it was addressed to my mother and it was already open and everything and i realized wow this must have been stuffed in the back of this frame way back um at the end of the war the second world war because here's what it said it was addressed from her church group to my mother and it was saying norma you can't just sit in your house and feel ashamed uh, you know, you've done nothing wrong. Um, the fact that your baby was born at this particular time in this particular way, um, you know, you don't have to feel shame about that. Come back to the group. Don't just sit in the house. And they were begging her to get out of the house. And they'd apparently been begging her to do that. And whoa, you can imagine the rush I felt because this was when I was <laughs> being gestated. And this was the experience I was having when I was uh, before I was born. And so I did, had not realized it at the time, nor had I actually tuned into the feeling of, of shame in my body. I had never, you know, I knew that I could feel sadness here when I felt sad and I could feel anger when I clenched my jaws and I felt fear when down in my belly when I had butterflies but I really never owned shame, you might say. And so in that moment, I could feel it lots of places in my body. And then I had this insight that I'm very grateful for that wound its way into the book years later. And that is that, hey, now that I've discovered this whole new field in me, this field of shame that I could even feel down in my legs, let me replant it and rededicate it to something new. And I decided to rededicate it to being an attractor for good things in life, like conscious luck. And so uh, it, I helped many clients after that do that because many of us, not just with shame, but many of us are stuck on a particular feeling like anger or undigested grief or fear and anxiety we haven't addressed. And so I've helped many people reclaim that field and replant it with another crop, a positive crop. And for me, I think the brilliance um, is that, you know, shame is a very difficult thing to deal with on the level of emotion. It's just, it's painful, extremely painful. But if you can drop into the body and feel the signature of shame in the body without getting caught up in all the psychological aspects of it, it's an amazing way to handle it. And I think gay's, you know, epiphany so many years ago can have tremendous, tremendous yeah. repercussions and reverberations in the world now. Yeah. Especially for luck. I, I can, and that's why I was so thrilled to get the book. I mean, you know, it was, it's really interesting as I think about some of the decisions I've made or almost didn't make in my life. And one very recently last October, um, uh, former employee calls me and says, you got to come down to LA. You got to come down to LA. You got to be here at this event. It's all about love. We're doing love notes and we're doing a music video. And I want you to come down and be part of the music video. And I thought, are you kidding me? Is this like a, a, like a punk joke or something? <laughs> but it wasn't. And here's what happened. I almost didn't go for exactly the reasons you wrote in the book. I almost didn't go because my version of shame for myself turned into unworthiness, right? Now people would think, really, Pat, you? Like you? Yeah, me. Because sometimes we forget how deep our wounds go, right? But I have some tools. I have some tools now. And, you know, everything that I had to do to prepare to just get on a plane, like overnight, like over a weekend, got to come down the plane, you got to wear all white, you know, we want you to do interviews. So now I'm dragging Jessica down. Now we're dragging our equipment down. And I had a million reasons not to go. Mm -hmm. But you see, this was a passion of mine. 
to participate in something to change the world through love. But I went and I wouldn't have gone if I'd have stopped in the book and not addressed shame. But see, people say to me, see, there you go again, you're lucky. You're gonna be in a music video with John Legend, you're lucky. Yeah, I almost wasn't lucky. I almost didn't go. And I think that's why when I say this book is a book for our time, I don't think that I'm alone. I think we're gonna find a lot of people that are not feeling great about themselves. How can we encourage them to take those bold, consistent actions, Gay and then Carol? Wow, this hour went so quick. Thank you both for today, by the way. Patty, I'm just gonna quick, can I just say something, Gay? Because she said something. Your luck also, you tapped into lucky goals, your passion for what you wanted to do also made you lucky. So that's one of our, our uh, secrets. And you, you also not only overcame your shame, but you tapped into what you most love to do and what you're most passionate about. Well, one of my original teachers, uh, Krishnamurti, he said the sole purpose of education for ourselves is to find out what we most love with all our hearts. And so I think to me, the conversation we're having that we're having right now is such a privilege and an honor to be able to have this conversation to help people get empowered to turn their whole lives into one long lucky break i'm telling you i hope you both will come back because there is uh, a continuous dialogue that we must have to have people tap into this gay and carol there is a continuous dialogue that is so important to the world right now. We've got to be able to reach people at the level that we're doing now because you clearly have identified a way to help people to remember who the heck they are. I wanna thank you both. I wanna tell everybody, go to consciousluck.com. One last question, thank you again. What are your personal messages? What do each of you wanna leave us with today? And thank you so much for all that you're doing. What do you want to leave us with? Well, we have a little wristband that we give out to people who take our seminars. And on the wristband, it says, breathe, move, love. So wherever you are, take a breath, move your body a little bit and love as much as you can from wherever you are. And mine is to culture the wealth you can take with you. You can, doesn't cost anything to be the best person, the kindest, most loving person you can be. So cultivate the wealth you take with you. Wow. And uh, what should people do uh, if they sign up uh, on your website? Will you notify them of the upcoming course that you're developing? Yes. Okay. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. Thank you both for being who you are. And thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for writing a book that explains a lot and helps people create the most incredible lives. Thank you both. Patty, it was Thank a joy you. meeting you. I want to talk to you again. I hope you both will come back. And Gay, thank you for keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for, what do you say in the book? Your yes. Your yes to Carol. <laughs> Let's take yes. a short break, everybody. We're Bye. not done yet. Let's roll. Carol, Gay, I'm Dr. Pat. You all are amazing. We'll be right back.